and welcome to NZGG. And today is part three of our ridiculous series of Harry Potter movie reviews, continuing on with The Prisoner of Azkaban. My name is Regan, and with me, as always, is the Bow Battens champion, Tom Delacour. <laughs> that was a really good one. You like that one? Tom Delacour. Delacour. Only single malt whiskey. <laughs> That's like a whole nother movie as well. Like yeah, that's the, definitely not the correct movie. This is the one where he goes into the maze, right? No, you watched the wrong movie. Oh. <laughs> so, the uh, Han Solo movie trailer uh, came out this week. It did. What did, you th- what did you think? Well, for starters, I watched it. Uh, and You did watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even after so much of us being like, I'm never going to watch another trailer again. I think again. we've said that about every movie coming out of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're going to not watch this movie trailer. Uh, so look, I'm getting real serious about like not getting movies spoiled for me anymore, so I'm just never going to go on Facebook and watch trailers again. We are such hypocrites. <laughs> Five minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. It's one of these things where... I really get a kick in seeing the uh, Star Wars universe brought up to modern cinema standards, and by that I mean CGI and lighting and sound. Yeah, there's some awesome looking effects in this trailer. Like the Falcon, you know, when you watch it in The Empire Strikes Back, a lot of it is rather comical now because of just the you know technology at the time. Yeah. But now you watch it and you're just like, oh my god, it's so clean. You yeah. Know? Like that's one crazy thing about it. It's super clean. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, I think I said to you uh, after I watched it that uh, that the uh, actor Olden Eichenreich or whatever his name Ulrich Eichenreich. Okay, well you did about as good a job as I did with that name, but I think that he doesn't really give me the Han Solo vibes just yet. Mm-hmm. He's just, uh, but you know, he could be morphing into the whole Solo character. There's a lot of lines in the trailer which kind of led me to believe that that's what they're trying to do. Like uh, Woody Harrelson's character says, "If you have no expectations in life, then you'll never ever be disappointed," and that's like such a Han Solo thing. Yeah, you know, like where he just doesn't give a shit. You know, New Hope. He's like, "Hey, I helped y'all, but now I'm leaving." Yeah, so he's just after out for himself. Yeah, but there is a good side to him in in those films and. You know, we see it when he comes back. And so I wonder if they'll cover off a lot of his good side. Like, maybe it's like, good mother, shit dad. Maybe the other way around. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, so that should be interesting. But I think it looks cool. Uh, Hopefully we're not disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it looks very separated from the rest of the Skywalker storyline, which is fine and good. Which is great. Yeah, (laughs) it should be. And, I mean, I think it, it could be a good standalone film. Prequels are always hard. As we've seen in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. But I think they did a really good job with Rogue One, so yeah. it can be done. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. There we'll see is, how it goes. There is actually a robot in this one again that looks like to be the comical robot with the really human voice, like in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a female this time. It sounds like Gwendolyn Christie, who actually plays. Uh, what's her name? Um. Captain Phasma. Phasma. I was going to say fantastic. Captain Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, plays Phasma. It sounds a lot like her. I was actually going to IMDb it to see who it was, but I didn't want to spoil anything. Right. Um, but I'm kind of a bit worried about that just because it's like, oh, you've got another comical robot in it. Uh, yeah. Try and make the characters comical. Oh, and, and the actor is Alden Ehrenreich. Okay. 
There we go. I've almost certainly forgotten that. So as long as you remember it, you can pronounce the name yep. of future podcasts. Great. Moving on. Tom and I have known each other for a very long time. Where is this going? Uh, and we've decided that we'd like you guys to get to know us a bit more and a bit better. You know, find out who we are, what type of people we are. I mean, Tom is fundamentally a horrible person. Uh-huh. So it'll come through a lot when we do what we're going to do, uh-huh. which is every podcast now, we're just going to throw a random question at the other person, kind of throw them off guard, try and, you know, get to the get to the root of their soul, basically. The root of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> soul, problems, kind of the same thing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I thought we'd just kick it off with a question each. Uh, you want to go first? All right. My question is, what would you do today with $1 million? <laughs> I was like, what would you do today? Well, I can tell you exactly what I did today. <laughs> <laughs> I went to work. I woke up. I came ja- home. <laughs> I woke up. I jacked it. I went to work. I jacked it. I ate lunch. I jacked it. Uh-huh. Didn't even wash my hands. And then I came back from work and I jacked it. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So my question... <laughs> What was your question? <laughs> Did you actually hear my real question? How much would I jack it for $1 million? Correct. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> what would you do with $1 million today? $1 million. Now, in today's money, $1 million isn't actually enough money I to know. actually do anything. Well, that's incorrect. Yeah, so, so I'd, I'd probably just like say, nah, I don't want it. You, you would say, no, I don't want $1 million. Just, you think $1 million can't get you anything. Tax, you got to think about people that will come to you out of the brickwork to like try and get your money and stuff. Why would you tell them? Is that one of the things you'd do if you won $1 million today? Okay, can I ask questions? Is, it like, a, is, ask it, questions. is it like a publicly announced thing? Like in the in the town square, I'm handed <laughs> a massive check for $1 Do you forget that what year we live in, by the way? Uh, um, no, you can, you can not tell anyone. Okay. Uh, well, hey, that's... That's the, a good place to start. Would you tell people that I have won one million dollars in some like random secret <laughs> ballot? Uh, okay, don't focus on the how you got it. <laughs> Let's just say it's lotto. Oh, sorry for being philosophical. <laughs> okay, Mister Jacket, every day, <laughs> real philosophical. <laughs> um, I would definitely tell people close to me just. For jealousy purposes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Look at my bank account, yeah, bitches. Yeah, is your bank account six figures? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> you realize a million is seven figures, you <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're going to give me, 999, whatever. No, I'm giving you a million. Oh, yeah, true. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, and it's tax-free. Tax. Oh, okay. Okay. So let's say it's whatever the amount was. You won lotto. Say it's like a million four hundred thousand. You got four hundred thousand tax. You got a million dollars in your bank account. Okay. So today, yeah. right, right. You found out. You don't have to tell people. What okay. would you do with it? Okay. Uh, well, I feel like there's some travel that I'd like to do. Nice. I'm quite Solid. a. I'm quite a nervous traveler. I don't really like being away from home, and I don't really like flying too much. Uh-huh. So loser. Well, yeah, but I still feel like I would like to travel in comfort, so it would include first class or oh, whatever, the, damn. whatever the equivalent of it is. I don't know what classes they have these days. As long as it's upstairs on a plane, I think they say, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I'd probably do that. I'd like to think that I would give quite a bit of money to charity, mm-hmm. um, charities that I uh, Any support. particular one? 
Ooh, difficult one. Uh, probably given to the state of humanity in today's day and age, probably yeah. the, something for animals, you know, RSPCA or anything like that. They try and stop nice. animal cruelty because there's obviously a lot of real dumb assholes in the world that like to uh, ruin it for other people. Yeah, well, uh, other animals especially. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, Solid answer. Yeah. So I think travel's first thing that comes to mind. Uh, yeah, the charity is one thing that comes to mind. I mean, there'd be like tidbits, like, you know, buying a home, you know, being able to maybe just buy a home flat out, yep. not have a mortgage. I mean, imagine that as oh. like, you know, 29 year old, you don't have a mortgage and you own a property. Solid. Like ha- just having, like if someone came to you and said, would you like to have this house for no money? You're pretty much sorted as a 29 year old for the rest yep. of your life. Yep. Definitely. Uh, so those are like my instant vibes. I mean, I'd definitely be like upgrading the PC. I'd I was definitely... going to say, we're, when does, you've done all the charitable stuff, you've got the yeah. house, you've got some left over. Whereas, the, what's the selfish stuff? Like, you've got to have a little mm, bit of that. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'll definitely upgrade my photography rig because. There's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a lot of zeros at the end of uh, purchasing cameras. Mm. So I'd probably upgrade that to just whatever I wanted, you know, just really splash out. I'd be looking at a, a new PC, you know, I'd probably upgrade our podcasting gear just for the sheer vanity of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd probably try and get myself some clothes. Like, I, I do dress. Yeah, you are always naked. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, and I always blame it on having no money to buy clothes. <laughs> if only I had a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless someone gives me a million dollars, babe, I ain't going shopping. And I think that's encouraging the jacking it off all the time. Because <laughs> it's there. <laughs> well, I've got to keep warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, so I think that's probably, like, my, my, my first instincts. I mean, really comfortable couch. I'd really love an L-shaped couch. An L-shaped couch. Yeah, you know the ones where like it has the oh, like, like it's really yeah, long yeah, and yeah. it has the part on the oh, side so you can so, lie down. Man, that's that's first class living. Yeah, yeah. An L couch, man. That's yeah. the dream. All right, well, actually, a- that's number one on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw <it's> Fuck charity. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an L-shaped couch, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. What about you? Uh, no, 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 I'm answering your question. We're mm. not answering each other's question as well. Okay, too long. Nobody gives a shit. Okay, so my question for you is, what is your biggest regret in your life so far? Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, I know it. I already know it. Go. It's I didn't study abroad. Didn't study abroad? Yeah. And is there a reason why you regret that? Yeah, because I think it would have been the coolest experience. And everyone I've met who's done that said mm-hmm. it was the coolest thing they ever did. Right. So we we both studied, you know, tertiary education post high school. Yeah. If, like, all those years of, of tertiary education just merged into one in my brain. Mm-hmm. If one of those years was in Iceland or, you know, Scandinavia or America or, or Canada or something... That would be such a change in, in your in your memory about that experience. Yeah. And you there's literally no it's no detriment to your study. It doesn't increase it by a year. You still do a full year. It kind of like on today's C V stands out as a pretty, you know, amazing thing as well. Yes. That you're from New Zealand and but between this time and this time you move to a different country to experience learning in a different way. Yep. Which is really cool. Like, yeah. As an employer, you'd be like, Wow, this guy's got, you know, some balls for one because yeah. not a lot of people would do that exactly. i mean i know i wouldn't yeah so i mean yeah i did four years of study just in christchurch just in my hometown I was you like, did four what? years well yeah i did three at, uh, yeah three at university and one at uh polytech thing wait you went to university yeah what did you study chemistry 
You what? <laughs> yeah, I did this whole like <laughs> this whole thing about having this feature about knowing you really well and for Look a long time. I do not know that. Yeah, I only did the music study, which is how I got into my job after mm. I did chemistry. So, so what was your what what was your thinking with doing chemistry? Did oh, you want to be on CSI and take really, a class? Yeah, well, I just really found it fascinating. Only up until like the end of my second year, I was like, "No, <laughs> this is not <laughs> for me, nerds." <laughs> <laughs> but I still finished it, and then I studied music, and that's when I got my music job. So excellent! And look is at that. There, we're learning things. And is there anything any sorry? Is there anywhere in particular that you would like to have studied? Oh, I reckon somewhere in. Europe. I think Europe is like the gateway to just you know every what? single country in the world apart from America. So. I wish I'd done it in a foreign language speaking country. So somewhere where I could have studied, but yeah. also learned another language. But that would be like really hard because you'd just be <laughs> expected to be on the same speaking level as everybody else. Yeah, it would have been. But that's the thing, I, you know. That's, so you you'd ask what probably I probably come I, out with not a degree knowing half a language. Well, let's just say that... <laughs> The the regret is that I didn't learn a foreign language to study in another country. Let's say so you're that. changing it now. Well, I'm adding a little bit on. Okay. Just a little bit. Okay. That it was a foreign language and that I knew that language. Okay, so we can change our answers. That's fine. <laughs> By the way, a million dollars on two L-shaped couches. <laughs> <laughs> I want the biggest L-shaped couches you have. <laughs> okay, excellent choice. All right, I feel like we know each other a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we hope you guys know, know each other a bit more. I mean, you, you hope they know each other a bit more. No, no, no. You hope our listeners know each other a bit more. Well, maybe we're encouraging people to talk to each other. You never know. <laughs> so anyway, if you want an L-shaped couch as well, hit us up at nzggpodcast at and, gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a quick advertisement here. So we are brought to you by L-shaped couches. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be the description of this episode when we put it out. It'll be like NZGG, L-shaped couches. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so shall we move straight on to Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? Yes. The director is Alfonso Cuaron. He, uh, previous to this, did uh, Gravity. Actually, not previous. He That came out afterwards. But I think Prisoner of Azkaban definitely put him on the scene, and it is generally regarded as the best Harry Potter film out there. Is it? Yeah. It's definitely not mine. And, well, in terms of, like, top tens, I mean... It- <laughs> 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 it's it's on there yeah in terms of like most top 10 lists it's there <laughs> you know it's on Name every harry potter one. yeah it's it's on every harry potter movie top 10 list did you really? know yeah the well, prisoner of azkaban is on there no it's pretty good see i told <laughs> you i told you it was it's good. on 100 percent of those lists okay i told you it was good uh so gravity's a fantastic film yeah uh, that was a, did you see that at the movies yes oh I did. you had to eh? sound picture everything it was amazing and it's only like just an hour and a half did you remember when you described a movie being good by saying the sound and the picture were good? <laughs> if I was blind, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> and if I was deaf, I would have given it like 50-50. You know? Yeah, five out of ten for the visuals. Yeah. What, what did you think of Gravity? Mate, sound and picture. Sound and great picture. Great combo. Great combo. There should be an award for that at the Oscars. And the best sound and picture award goes to... <laughs> Okay, well, that's my review of The Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, funnily enough, I said Alfonso Cuaron's sound was really good, and so was the picture. 
<laughs> NZGG says. <laughs> okay, uh, so we've changed up the format slightly. We've decided not to bombard you with an hour of going through the entire film and talking about everything. Mm. So what we've decided to do is just put together a good list and a bad list. We're just going to go through it and just take a turn each. Yep. Okay. Okay, uh, shall we start with one bad? Got it. All right, straight away. Nerd alert. Lumos Maxima is not a spell that only lights your wand temporarily. He is, like, literally first scene. It's Harry in his room, and he goes, Lumos Maxima. Maxima. And it's like, one tip lights up for, you know, three seconds and goes back. That is not the spell. Lumos turns your turns your wand light then on. Maxima is Yeah, to- Maxima just turns it on bigger. Ooh. It doesn't go, and then go back. Like, that was just a stupid thing. And I don't know why they put it in there. I saw that as he's still a fledgling pigeon within the within the uh, magic world, and he's struggling to get it to work. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're trying to start a car on a, on a cold day, you know? It just needs a little bit of a tickle. I can I can hear that, actually. That's it's not bad reasoning. Cool. Okay. But one other question is... Yes? They're not supposed to do magic at home. No. In so fact, what's they he get doing? letters from the Ministry of Magic, and they almost, almost get expelled. Yes, he's literally in he's just the straight Ministry up doing of Magic's Over office. and over. Yeah. Over and over. Yeah. He is doing this thing. It's coming up on a computer, just like, Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> it's it's like, in the logs. Yeah. Sir? Sir? <laughs> We've got an issue here. <laughs> damn Potter again. <laughs> uh, Maybe so, they're doing that. We'll give him a pass, because he killed the darkest... Like, he stopped the darkest wizard ever. Yeah. But uh, they don't do that later on. Ooh, spoilers. But that's when they hate him. I think they still like him at this point. This is a good point. This is a good anyway, point. that was a really long time spent on my Lumos thing. That's fine. <laughs> uh, that was actually one of my negatives, was that I didn't quite like how in the uh, minister's office, he's all like, Harry, pea soup, and all this kind of thing. And You're then, talking about Cornelius Fudge? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like... He's like, I bought your books for you, and by the way, in like two or three movies' time, I'm going to hate you and try and get you banned from Hogwarts. Right. Well, there, there's a big reason for that change, because... Now, I believe this is probably a book thing that I haven't actually been um, privy to yet, but I will say this, that at the moment I am up to the court scene, just after the court scene in the Order of the Phoenix, right. in the audio book. So perhaps I'm going to come to it within this book. Very soon, and yes, you are. Excellent. That'll answer my question. But so I'll just move on to another negative. Um, seeing Sirius for the first time as the dog when Harry is waiting for the, well, not waiting for the night bus, but it yep. is, you know, outside. Yep. Uh, the dog is just growling at him and is black and it's meant to be set up as this omen for the rest of the film, which represents death. And for me, that's Sirius. Sirius is just like, Harry! But dogs can't smile. They can only growl. I don't know. Like... So that's a change from the book. In the book, he just sees that dog very briefly. Mm-hmm. And the dog doesn't snarl or do anything like that because that's that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why would Sirius growl at Harry? No. He's his godfather and wanted to... He says that he wanted to catch a glimpse of him mm. before he went to Hogwarts. Yeah. So why would he be angry? Why would he want to upset Harry? It doesn't make any sense. It was just another one of those things we talk about where the movies add in the stupid drama or action for the hell of it. They kind of... I don't like it. Well, let's say this. When I watched it again recently and I got to the part where Sirius was like, I did my waiting 10 years in Azkaban. Mm. I was like fooled when I first watched the film as to who they were actually going to kill. 
because I don't think I got that far in the books. Yep. Uh, so for me, it's I was just like, ooh, that's cool. So that was a cool big plot twist for you. Yes. Yeah, right. It was so, for me when I read it in the books too. Yeah. So what you, I mean, the problems with most of these book to movie films are that you have to try and cater for one or the other, really. I mean, there's very, right. I mean, I suppose you can try and do 50-50, like, you know, Harry Potter does well what seemingly does quite a good job at doing it 50 50 but there are a lot of things that change from the books that a lot of people don't like yeah but you can see why from so my you're reaction. saying you've got to cater to people who haven't been spoiled already knowing the books yes as well yeah yes. that's true you do have to do that but i still don't see why the growling helps that case that that's that's just dumb it could just be like you see a dog run for a bush, like a big black dog or something. Yeah, or he's it supposed could to just, just be... catch a glimpse of it and yeah. be like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And then the night bus comes. Yeah, <clears throat> it could have just been done a little bit better, but I can kind of see why. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, night bus yes. actually is my next point. We uh, we see it come just after that scene, mm. and I think it was pretty cool. It was a cool scene. It was like crazy magic stuff where it's fitting through all the gaps and all that. The talking heads... Like, the Jamaican dude was a little bit much for me. I, I'm not a big fan. purposely don't like the bus scene because of the Jamaican heads. Right, yeah. Uh, but one part I do really like, and it's just really small detail for me, is everyone, like, on the beds. And the beds are just, like, smashing around on the bus, but people are still sleeping in them. Yeah. I really enjoyed that from, like, a magic point of view, that they're probably under some sort of spell. Yeah. You know, Sleeping there's, there's, spell or something. Like, it's one of these movies where I've seen it so many times that when I looked in the background, there's actually a lot going on in, in yep. a lot of the scenes with involving a lot of people. So it's actually really cool to see that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which leads me into one of my points, actually, is that I don't know if you noticed it. You might have to watch it again. But yeah. um, I think Alfonso Cuaron and whoever was in charge of the uh, principal photography for this film did a really good job of having the the way it was shot being very close up. If you watch the film, it's a lot of like like shoulders and above, shoulders and above for, right. like, for people shots. Because what that does is that it brings the movie into you as a person and creates that intimate point of view with these characters. And this is one of the very first films where that intimate emotional element really gets thrown in at you you know with harry finally finding out that he still does have some family right you know like all this kind of thing going on so the way it's shot is uh very close up but it gives you a really intimate point of view Mm, which i really really like yeah i kind of noticed there without noticing it but now you pointed out that's it's really cool. Yeah, so that's one of my, my massive enjoyments about this film. Yeah. Another thing I liked was the Dementors on the train. Dementors and I, Lupin, man. I don't like Dementors overall in this movie for one massive thing. Okay. Which is that they don't fly. Dementors can't fly. Right. That they, is they a just pretty can't. big plot hole. It's a huge change from the books. And I can kind of see why they did it for the movies. It's the exact same thing, which I'll bring up when we do... Uh, uh, the movie Five, mm. which is Death Eaters and Order of the Phoenix people, wizards, can't mm. fly. Yeah. There's two people that have flown, and that's Voldemort and Snape later right. on. Right. But people can't fly. Even wizards cannot fly without a broom or anything. Yeah. Dementors also cannot fly. That was a massive change. And I, I, yeah, I don't like it, but I can also see why it makes good action in the, in the film. Do you know what? I don't know about that because... 
Uh, Lord of the Rings has ring raves. Yep. Who would look very similar to it. Yes. Um, so a very Dimitri. So maybe one problem there, just how similar that would look. But two, if they ran around and they were all like, like hunched over, kind of running around shit, that would be fucking terrifying. Yeah, I reckon they could have done it. I, I, I like to think that they would have given it a go, having them not flying. Yeah. And then maybe they changed it to flying because it was just too hard. Yeah, like the whole... Well, think about the, the pitch invasion scene where Harry's playing Quidditch and they invade. If they were just on the ground, hey. which they are in the book, Leah, literally, they're just on the ground like, hey, oi, you. Guess what I've got? Birdie uh, bots, heavy flavor beans. <laughs> yeah. Come down and like, get Ooh. them. And they're like, just kidding, I'm a Dementor. Ooh, <laughs> 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 that's kind of dodgy, eh? Yeah, so... I can you can kind of see why they made that change, right? Yeah, but I still don't like it. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Cool. Uh, I mentioned Lupin. Yeah. Uh, just then on the train, first introduction to him. Although I I ended up pausing the film last night to uh, do something, and when I paused it, it was at the exact moment when he throws off his coat from sleeping and does the um, initial Patronus. Yeah. And he looks so tired and ridiculous and so lax about the spell that he's doing and i've noticed it every time i've watched it and i and i was just thinking to myself well he is technically a guy that is like spends a lot of time as a werewolf so he is always tired and kind of yep. worn out so maybe that's some reasoning for it but it's always just a real weird thing for me so that that tired thing definitely comes from the book he's shabby and tired Ooh, okay he and for the, for the exact reasons you said, he's someone who struggles with a debilitating disease. If you think about it, he becomes a werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> pretty debilitating. Yeah, but my question is, do you like Lupin in the movie overall? I love Lupin. I hate it. I hate that portrayal. You hate Lupin? No, love the character in the books. Right. He in the books, he's like yeah, shabby and tired, but he's also kind of soft and kind. And like, sounds like just another very Dumbledore friendly. Thing. Well, kind of, but in the movie, that guy is so harsh and unfriendly. He's supposed to be like almost a father figure to Harry, and he yeah. is in the books. But that guy just—he's always so just, and I, I can't shake it. He's not how I imagine Lupin when right. I read the books at all. I like that actor, but nah, he's just not Lupin for me. Lupin gets even more aggressive as the films go on as well. Yeah. Like, in this film, he's pretty relaxed, apart from when he becomes a werewolf and tries killing people. No, I still think when he's not a werewolf in this, in Azkaban, the movie, he's real harsh and not how I imagined him. Interesting. I never got that. Okay. All right. Uh, I have the Screaming Wanted poster. Now, I've had this explained to me before by my fiance, massive Potter fanatic, and she said that... He's doing it because he's just getting his picture taken as he's turning up and he just can't believe that this has been pinned on him. When it was Peter Pettigrew that did everything and he's just kind of like looking around screaming and manically kind of laughing because he's like, this can't be happening. Yeah, he does. So you know how he's not insane because he wasn't a Death Eater. Yeah. He kind of did actually go insane because of just the whole situation. Yeah. Because he gave up and obviously spoilers here mm. it's he gave up the secret to peter pettigrew he's he was secret he keeper. was secret keeper which by the way they they completely ignore the fidelius charm in the movie mm. i can understand that it's kind of complicated but sirius was the potter's secret keeper so he alone could give them up to voldemort 
and he he got scared that Voldemort would um, torture him, and, and he, he would, would give it up. up. So he's like, no, no, make it Peter. So they made it Peter, and then Peter was with Voldemort, so instantly gave them up. And it's also the way the movie portrays Sirius is like, Peter's like, what would you have done in my situation? I would never have given up, James. Yeah. And I was like, well, you literally did. That's why Peter became Secret Keeper. Yeah, that's... That's probably that's why actually... it's not mentioned in the films at all. And when you see Peter in the movie, you're like, oh, this guy would totally give him up. Yeah, He's it's, a big wussy baby. It's. I think it's a plot hole from JK. When I read the books, I always thought that as well. I don't think Sirius would ever give up being the Potter's Secret Keeper. And I also don't think that he... Like, it's really out of character for him to be like, oh, no, I'm afraid I'll give you up. Whereas, yeah, as you say, he literally says, I would never have given them up. Yeah. It's like, well, then why did you switch to Peter? Yeah. So that that annoys me she from did. JK, not in the movie. JK always had a hand on the way the films were written. So maybe... Mm, I don't was... reckon as much as we thought. Mm, maybe. But maybe that was a regret of hers and she wanted that written into the film. Could be, could be. But then how would have everything have happened if that didn't happen? Exactly. And what better way to build fear in an audience when you read that one of the coolest, best wizards in the world literally gives up being somebody's protection because he's afraid of a wizard. Yeah, yeah. That creates a huge amount of fear. Yeah, so Voldemort was that scary back in the day. Mm, yeah, and we never get to see that Voldemort, but... Maybe, Maybe in, in these future prequels films. Or yeah. something. I actually said the other day uh, to somebody, I wonder if Fantastic Beasts is going to end with Dumbledore going to the orphanage to see uh, young Tom Riddle for the first time. That would be interesting. That would be a really awesome way for That's it to kind of like, way to segue. Like, like imagine him walking in and there's just a little Tom Riddle and he's just like, hello, Tom. And then like cut. Yeah. That would be excellent. That would be really good. It would be very Rogue One-ish mm. where it's just gets given the... Plans for the Death Star. Yeah, that would be excellent. So, there's my prediction. Boom. I like it. Uh, <clears throat> a good point for me now is that this is Michael Gambon's first showing as Dumbledore. It is. And he's good in this one. He is excellent. Really good in this one. I, he just brings the vibrancy to the film as Dumbledore that I love. Yep. I mean, what's his face? Richard Harris, Harris, you know, whatever, the the frail old man in the first two films that's always sitting down. <laughs> no, he's not. He stood up like twice. <laughs> <laughs> you can see his knees shaking. Uh, oh. he's, uh, he was good. I do enjoy him. And as I've said in past podcasts, he looks like the Dumbledore I always imagined. Michael Gambon doesn't look like the Dumbledore that I always imagined, but he certainly plays the character the way I always wished he would be played. Yep, he's got a much more of a presence and a power to him. Than, yeah, he has a certain like, he, he he has this allure of mystery to him, which I really like. It's the it's the whole mystery thing about Dumbledore that I like. Does he know about stuff? Does he not know about stuff? We've spoken mm. about this before. And also, he's just super super powerful as well. And I yeah. think you kind of get it with that mystery. Yep, Gambon really displays that yes. kind of hidden power. Yes. Um, something I didn't like. Go on. They put in the something wicked this way comes choir it's like that is so on the nose it's like yeah this this escaped convict is coming maybe he's gonna come to hogwarts oh and the choir is singing something wicked this way comes like yeah. come on that is just too obvious i found out about the uh, sorting hat when i watched this recently he sings a song in every book and apparently in every book the not song's every book 
not, not every, book. every book just where he's featured in the book yeah a, f- a few of them yeah apparently the songs get darker and darker and darker as the books progress yes which is really cool that's true and apparently that song is one that the book sings mm, i don't think that's true my source is wrong <laughs> we'll approach her after the after this podcast <laughs> we'll do a follow-up pup on that <laughs> yeah uh, another bad thing for me is the chat that uh, Mr. Weasley has with Harry about Sirius. Oh, yeah. So uh, just after they um, meet up, Mr. Weasley um, has a chat to Harry and basically says that the ministry wouldn't want me telling you this. Uh, basically, Sirius Black is coming to kill you. Yeah. You should be real careful. Yep. Now, as far as I'm aware... And I'm sure you see it in the photo of the Order of the Phoenix when the film comes around. You actually see Mr. Weasley in the Order of the Phoenix. So he knows Sirius Black pretty well, I would say. Yes. And he almost gives up all hope that that he was the that he's a traitor and he's coming to kill Harry. Now I don't know if that's just because that's what the ministry wanted you to think in this maybe you know in between it they made Sirius Black out to be this horrific guy and then Mr. Weasley was fooled by it and then it's like oh well shit he was a bad guy this entire time I better like warn Harry so there is quite a bit missed from the book here which Mm -hmm. would have explained it all right so in the book they Cornelius Fudge went to Azkaban and visited someone else while Sirius was there and Sirius asked for his newspaper um and there was a picture of ron on the newspaper because his family the weasleys won the lotto and they went to egypt egypt yeah yeah and then that's where sirius saw uh peter Pettigrew. he saw the rat with the missing finger he's like he's at hogwarts because it said ron was going back to hogwarts yeah and he's saying so he's like he's at hogwarts he's at hogwarts he's seeing this in his cell over and over so everyone thought that he was talking about Harry. Right. He's at Hogwarts, he's at Hogwarts, he's at Hogwarts, and he was obsessed with it. Yeah. And so when he broke out, everyone thought, okay, he's coming to kill Harry. Right. This yeah. makes so much sense yeah. now as to why he would do that. And also in, in, uh, in response to your question about Arthur Weasley, yeah. is he thought that Sirius Black gave up the Potters because they secretly switched it to Peter Pettigrew. So they, so he, knew no, no one different. knew except I think Dumbledore that they switched. Oh no, I don't think no, no Dumbledore didn't even know. Wow, I mean this is all like amazing because it gets explained. But again, we come back to the point: like, do you cater for people who have read the books, or do you just cater for people as as a new movie audience? This is something that only the people from the books would know. Exactly. And if you watch the movie, it's kind of like a like a sour point for you, yeah. maybe, with Mr. Weasley. You lose a lot, like a lot from the books. Uh, from the Yeah, from the books when you watch the movies. Wow. Okay, cool. And I think they should have put that in there because it's really interesting. But yeah. movies are long. But then again, there's a lot of pointless stupid stuff they put in movies that they could have put in these scenes instead of well one of my um, bad things just to kind of jump in again is um malfoy in this film he's actually my most hated thing about this film i agree because he's a huge unnecessary evil in it and this film's already two and a half hours long all three films so far have been two and a half hours long which is long in terms of movies these days Rewatching these is, is not the most fun. No. I'll be honest. Yeah. And so when you have all the dumb Malfoy stuff in it, it just, for me, I'm just like, oh my 
God, just cut it out. Like, yeah. He's so pointless, and he kind of remains like that for quite a few films. And in this movie, I don't know if it was the direction or what, but, man, he is overacting all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so He's so, like, pitiful to watch when he's scared of Hermione with the wand and stuff. It's terrible. Yeah, I kind of... Yeah, it's yeah, as you say, it is too much. Like they do play up the fact that he is like a massive wuss. Yeah. And then when the films take a much darker role and spoilers, he's been charged with killing Dumbledore. Yeah. All of a sudden he's this brooding kid and you're yeah. just like, Ooh, wow. where did that come from? Yeah, this is just totally left field and it's yeah. kind of because of these films that it happens. Yeah. Yeah, so again, that's another bad thing for me. Yep. Uh, one great thing. Yes. Emma Thompson as Professor Trelawney. Oh, she is so, so good. good. Yeah. I just really like Professor Trelawney. Uh, I think, like, her character looks amazing. They yeah. they kind of get that spot on. In yeah, terms the of, like, massive eyes and yeah. the glasses. Yeah, in terms so of the description good. from the book as she, well. It's like I was saying, Lupin is not how I imagined him. Emma Thompson is exactly how I imagined Professor Trelawney. And I think better than yeah. my imagination. I like her, like, classroom as well. It's all, like, incense and, like, you know, fro, Indian throwing rugs everywhere. You yeah. Know? It's, it's, it's a really cool-looking place. So good. Another good thing for me is uh, No Voldemort. This is the only film where he doesn't really feature. Yeah, because one, he's obviously in. Two, he's a memory of him, but yes. it's still Lord Voldemort. I wonder if he's and little this... baby Voldemort. Yeah. You know, that terrifying little baby thing. Oh, yeah, he's out there somewhere. <laughs> what would well, little baby actually, Voldemort he's not be doing? Quite, no, he's not quite the baby. Because okay. I think after Peter Pettigrew... Goes. I love that we're literally calling him Baby Voldemort. Yeah, Baby Voldemort. <laughs> Disgusting Baby Voldemort. Collect the set. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and when you add and when you add water, he like he grows. <laughs> He's a Happy Meal toy. Disgusting, <laughs> Good disgusting baby Voldemort, and your next Happy Meal. <laughs> All right, so this was the first film slash book where we encounter the Patronus. Yes. So Patronus is the thing that wards off Dementors, can make them go away. I don't think it kills them, but it can can get them to leave. Basically, yeah, it's like the anti anti-dementor thing <laughs> but what i was thinking when you when i was watching this yes is okay so patroni patronuses patroni i'm gonna go with patroni mm. the fact is they are animals yes another fact humans are animals so you, i was thinking a naked think man <laughs> running out of harry's wand <laughs> like someone's like is like harry what's your what's your patronus oh it's a it's a stag ron what's yours his is like a dog and then Oh, um, this is mine. It's uh, Keith. He's a uh, thirty-three, an accountant. He's an accountant. <laughs> he goes hiking on the weekends. Yeah, expecto patronum. <laughs> oh, hey guys. Oh, hey, hey, um, guys. I know you're dementors, but can you just leave? Yeah, yeah. It's you're kind of like killing the vibe, man. Yeah, like you know, yo, my 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 dude Tom here. He likes his soul. Yeah. So can you just can you guys back off? Go on. Thank come you. on. Thank come, you. On. come on. Come on. Come right. on. You you too. Get out of here. Come on. I don't need this shit. It's the weekend. <laughs> All right. I'm going hiking, okay? I don't want to see this guy. <laughs> what do you think your Patronus will be? Uh, I've done mine online. Oh, you've done the online thing? And it is a field mouse. How okay. pathetic is that? <laughs> Expecto! But... Oh. <laughs> field mouse. Squeak, <laughs> squeak. Just like running along this like tiny shaft of light <laughs> with oh, this little God. field mouse. It's worse than Keith. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather have Keith. 
Um, so I have, uh, as one of my good points, that the Expecto Patronum scene right at the end when Harry's waiting for his dad to turn up, mm. and then he actually does it, still gives me the shivers every it's time a, he does yeah, it. Yeah, pretty epic. Yeah, just the way he, uh, you know, brings that spell out of his wand with yeah. such power. It's yeah. fantastic. Uh, I'm going to mention another bad point here, actually, um, and it's my last bad point, but uh, Crookshanks, I know from the book, is actually very pivotable. <laughs> so you can turn Crookshanks in <laughs> any sort of angle that you want. Like many cats, he's very pivotable. <laughs> <laughs> so... This cat, we've got him on set, guys. He's really pivotable. If you need him to face another direction, just turn him. It's fine. <laughs> like, you know, if he's facing away from the camera, you can easily pivot him to face the okay, camera. Okay, do not be afraid of pivoting the cat. It's very pivotable. <laughs> okay, I think what I was trying to say about Crookshanks is that he's very important within right. the books. Pivotal. Yes, pivotal, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so when I find out about this and then in the movies it literally plays no role except I notice and this could just be coincidence but when Harry wakes up on the train for the first time after fainting you actually see Crookshanks sitting right there and as soon as he starts to wake up the cat's head turns towards him as Mm. if looking and as if kind of like watching Harry and looking over him and I know that he does a lot of that in the books and the, and he's you know does a lot to, to help out the main cast within the books so within this I was thinking to myself well maybe Crookshanks is actually somebody and it's an animagus right and I was thinking with everything that Crookshanks does in the book why isn't it just serious oh you mean they could have just had why isn't serious just Crookshanks well because then he would have had ample opportunity to find Peter Pettigrew and kill him but he kind of does because Crookshanks chases the rat all the time. Yeah, but he chases him unsuccessfully. Whereas if it was a if it was a human, mm. he wouldn't. For one, he probably wouldn't do it in front of everyone in the common room. He yeah. would just wait, do it in one go, do it right, and kill him. Yeah, interesting. Okay, well that was my only point. Like, and only because I know the stuff from the books, and I want to cater for the people that have read the books. Yep, fair enough. Uh, do you have any more? No, I think. Oh. Ho, 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 hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Is yours a big one? Because we can end on that, because I'll quickly say my last good thing is obviously Gary Oldman. Oh, Gary Oldman's great. Yeah, he's is fantastic. Is there anything he's not good in? Uh, not that I've seen. Yeah, that, that, that is one good thing. I'm going to end on the worst thing, Ooh. and it's the most important worst thing ever. Yes. I've alluded to this being I had this, the second worst ending mm-hmm. to a movie was the second Harry Potter movie. Where they oh, all clap, this is your worst ending. They all clap Hagrid off in the Great Hall. It's the weirdest thing. This one tops that. This mm. has the firebolt being given to Harry right at the end. Which, by the way, doesn't happen. It happens during, like, midway through the book. But in the movie, they gave it to him right at the end. And he flies off, like, out of the castle. Yeah. And then they do a freeze frame ending. And then the credits roll. It's very 80s. It's, what was he thinking? Yeah. Like, the director. That is, I don't understand how you could be like, ship it. That is perfect. Yep, freeze it. Freeze frame. And the editor's sitting there, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? I could just have him flying out of shot. No, 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 no. 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 Freeze it. Hold it. Ten seconds. Yeah. Ten seconds. Oh, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. Eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be too crazy. Yeah. So, if you flew out of the frame, cool. 
I would probably have been happy. Perfect. It would have like ended with a, a shot of Hogwarts and that beautiful scenery around it, but instead it's blocked by Harry's face mm. and like, yay! You can still have him flying out of scene looking really happy. Yeah, you don't need to freeze frame that shit. No one freeze frame anything ever again. Thank you, Hollywood. Do you know it would be amazing <laughs> if at the end of Gravity it just cut to, to, cut to Sandra Bullock <laughs> like, yeah! <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> Every Alfonso movie is yeah. a freeze frame. Always movie. a freeze frame. Okay, uh, well, that's great. Um, we may done. have spoken about quite a few negatives in this and not as many goods, and you're thinking, wow, they didn't even like The Prisoner of Azkaban. We love this film, and it's one uh, of those. Speak for yourself. I like it. I love this film. Yeah. So for me, this is just a really good movie. Like, in terms of, let's say this, in terms of one of the Harry Potter films, this is just a very consistently good film overall. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. so that's why you know there's quite a few negatives in it, and maybe not as many good parts as you would have expected. Yeah. But one like thing we didn't actually touch on ever was the whole time travel thing. And I don't think you should because you end up okay. in a rabbit hole of <laughs> in the GG. Yeah, because <laughs> you because you end up in a rabbit hole of just talking about every like, use of like time travel and they always ever. end up with a paradox just like every single time travel movie exactly so it's so, best left untouched at least we alluded to it just then all right done <laughs> yeah cool oh and just like in the first two movies i have my favorite dumbledore quote your dumbledorious quote the most dumbly door of the quotes and for azkaban it is the following yes happiness can be found even in the darkest times, if one only remembers to turn on the light. It's kind of a given, though. If it's dark and you need to see, turn on the light. Shut up. J.K. Rowling is a genius. Moving on. <laughs> okay, so I think we've put The Prisoner of Azkaban to bed. We hope you like the new format of the way we reviewed it. Trying to keep it a bit shorter than going through the entire film. Uh, remember, if you like the podcast, then to give us a rating and give us a subscribe. Let your friends know about us. Get in contact with us on Twitter at nzggpodcast or email us nzggpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got any questions for us that you want to add to our next question time that we have. But thanks so much for listening. You guys are amazing. I love you all. I'm on the fence. So my name is Regan. <laughs> and my name is Tom. He hates you. <laughs> and I hate you. No, I don't. I'm, I'm still on the fence. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.